Come on. They're right there. Let's go. Move, 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 move. This episode of Choices Not Chances podcast is sponsored by Louisiana Gun Shop. Located on Highway 90 West in Broussard, Louisiana, just south of Lafayette. For more information, stay tuned at the end of this episode. This is Choices Not Chances podcast with Ryan and Matt. I'm your co-host, Matthew Shred. Sit next to me is Ryan Rogers. Ryan. Hey guys, welcome back to Choices Not Chances. And just like every other every other episode that uh, you've heard me say this, if you see something in this episode or you hear something in this episode that strikes you or moves you, please don't be selfish and share that out with the community. Uh, we have no problems with being shared, tagged, push it out there, uh, push the name out there, and we're going to grow together. Uh, today I have somebody that's kind of returning to the podcast, but not from an episode that we've done. It'll be the first episode, but I have Jason Rhodes on the podcast today. And anybody that's watched the podcast or was affiliated with the gun raffle that we did um, a couple quarters ago, it was a CMMG. It was a beautiful gun. I think it went out to Schuster, uh, a Schuster in, um, in North Carolina, won the raffle. Uh, but it was our first gun raffle, and that gun was actually donated by Jason Rhodes, who joins us tonight. And uh, we're going to talk to Jason about, um, you know, we're going to talk to him about life, but Jason's doing big things. He was prior in the Navy uh, for a number of years, got out, and then launched a for-profit company, uh, and ended up, you know, helping so many people that on the nonprofit side that he ends up flipping his company to nonprofit organization. Then he takes the long walk across the country from north carolina to austin texas and and stops all along the way and we're going to get into that we're going to talk about that because you know he was generous to donate to the show we followed him through his walk and um and now we want to share that information of that walk and and uh, just of the blessings kind of that came from that walk with with the community and tell everybody you know that that followed along as well you know thanks for their support so jason rhodes man thanks welcome back to the show really Hey brother, I appreciate you having me, man. It's uh it's a pleasure and an honor to to be uh having having this uh this uh get together with you. Yeah, man, I look forward to it. I know that you know we met months and months and months ago, but um yeah. you know, we never did a show. I didn't get to, you know, ask my regular interview questions of you. And so for months I'm sitting there going, Man, I, I really wanna get get this on so that we can I can learn more, you know, more about how we got to where we met. And yes, so, um, hey, just like every other episode, man, I'm going to start in the beginning. I have some pointed questions that I ask, and we'll start there, and then uh, we'll just kind of move from there. Um, so, uh, where do you come from? Who do you come from? And uh, how many brothers, sisters do you have, if any? Uh, after that, we'll get into team sports and rearing uh, as you grew up, where you grew up, how you grew up. But if we could start right there and we'll just kind of take the interview from there, it would be great. Yeah, you know, um, I was born in the Raleigh area. Um, lived over here in Lewisburg for about two years of my life. Uh, you know, old man when we left. <laughs> uh, my my uh, mom married uh, married a guy that was uh, he worked for the state. He was an underwater bridge inspector. So we moved down to Nags Head, uh, state or right outside of Nags Head, a place called Columbia, North Carolina. Um, grew up there through my elementary school and uh, middle school years. Um, then moved back to the Raleigh area, actually to Clayton. Um, did my high school years there. I've got two older brothers. Um, I've got an older sister, so I'm the baby of the group. So uh, that was interesting. Um, <laughs> my mother and, uh, you know, my mother and my father, 
you know, they had split up when I was real young, but uh, his name was Dennis. Her name's Debbie. Um, and, uh, you know, my stepdad kind of raised me, um, you know, uh, but my dad was involved in my life quite a bit. So I got a, uh, I got a lot of teachings from both of them. So that mm. was pretty awesome to me. You know, my, my stepdad, like I said, he was a diver for the state. So I, I learned a lot from him, you know, being on the water, but then sure. my, my real father was an outdoor enthusiast. So I got to learn how to hunt and fish and, you know, do a lot of outdoor things with him. Uh, played, a uh, played football, baseball through, you know, elementary with little league, middle school, uh, football and baseball, um then i wound up going to south johnston high school and wrestling there for uh one year and uh that's pretty much okay yeah 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 got a lot of of trouble (laughs) (laughs) well let's go back a second was uh was was religion introduced in the household um growing up with my stepdad it wasn't um you know he was uh two tours in vietnam and 82nd airborne um in the army um, and I don't know, I didn't really get to know him on that level. Cause I was so much younger when my mom and him, you know, split up and then he passed away the year I actually enlisted. Um, so I didn't really get to talk to him as a, as a grown person, mm-hmm. so to say, you know, mm-hmm. um, so, but I don't know why, but there was always religion was available. It just wasn't like they held it from me. Um, I just, I just think as a younger you know, adolescent and, and teenager, I just wasn't really into religion that much. Um, and where we were is a lot of Baptist churches and, mm. and nothing against Baptist churches. You know, I just, you know, growing up, I, you know, you hear grownups talk, you know. Uh, so, you know, I kind of just did my own thing. Um, really um, didn't really get interested in the military or in the certain in religion until I got out of the service. Um, so. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so you mentioned getting in a little bit of trouble in high school. What kind of things are you doing in high school making your making your uh, your mom's hair go gray? Oh, man. Uh, fighting was number one, man. Um, it, it was it was a, a every other week thing, man. I always had a, a bad chip on my shoulder. I think I think anybody who grows up without um, especially a biological parent present, they always carry something. Some of it might be uh, guilt. Some of it might be anger. Some of it might be sadness. Um, and me being the kid I was, I just always transformed it into anger, man. And mm-hmm. it always came out as as a, a very destructive and very bad. So, mm-hmm. gotcha. And so, what drives you to? What's your catalyst to go to the Navy? And at what age does that take place? Is that right after high school? Um, so it was actually, I actually dropped out of high school. Okay. Um, at Ryan, I, I dropped out of high school in the 11th grade, my last year. Um, I got into some bad trouble, um, got into a really bad fight. Um, I put a kid in a coma for about, about two months mm. and I sat in jail for three, you know, I had to wait a month after he came out of a coma. And, um, you know, while I was in there, I met, I met some people that I really didn't want to turn out like, you know? And um, I decided that the day that they uh, had my 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 hearing, um, you know, that uh, there was seven felonies against me for that. And I wound up um, getting charged with one misdemeanor, and that was simple assault. Um, And I I walked from the Johnston County Courthouse to the Johnston County uh, 
like the the this where they have like all the recruiters you know the yeah. army the navy you know and and my first choice was the marine corps i was like you know i'm gonna go into marines and i'm I, you know they take everybody mm-hmm. and i told that recruiter what you know i just got put on a year and a half probation he said get the hell out i was like <laughs> okay so i walked out went to the army and he was like can't do nothing for you coast guard <laughs> none of them and the last door was the navy and chief johnson was his name and he said i'll have you out of here by your 17th birthday if your mom will sign the papers and i said let's do it <laughs> so uh so i got my mom to sign some paperwork you know went through that whole ordeal and actually enlisted it at 17 um you know and um pretty much went to boot camp in november of 98 november 25th of 98 so was this like part of your plea or part of your deal was that you had to join a service no, my recruiter had to go to the judge and request that they release me from probation before uh, he could enlist. And the judge said, well, I'll let him off probation when he enlists. And my recruiter was like, well, this is a hell of a pickle. You know, <laughs> like, like, what do we do? So after um, the judge and the recruiter talked and I had a $5,500 restora- restitution fee um, for damages and stuff. And my grandmother wrote a check that day and brought it to me. And um we gave it to the judge. He let me off of probation early so I could enlist. So wow, change your whole it, life right there. It, it really did. Um, and, and, you know, I went into the Navy with a chip on my shoulder, you know, I, I you know, it, I, you know, I wasn't, uh, clairvoyant of everything at that point. You know, I was still, I still went in and had a, a issue with authority. You know, I stood captain's mask twice, you know, one of chesty sailors. Yeah, man. Well, you know, it was just, it was, I think when I went in, um, I saw so many changes from 98 to 2000. Um, there was just so many changes, you know, and then a lot of the guys that were, that I looked up to that were master chiefs, senior chiefs and chiefs were getting out after, you know, 20 plus years, 20 or so plus years. And then we were left with this new group of guys. And Mm. I just, I was like, yeah, this is going to be bad for me. That's one of the reasons I got out. I was like, I'm going to get kicked out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so you didn't like these guys at all. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, it it was, again, it was because I was young and I just, if I had a, a, the old saying, if I'd have known now what I knew then, I'd have stayed the hell in and, you know, done my best and I'd have straightened my act up a lot too, you know? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Gotcha. And so walk me through, walk me through your, your career in the Navy. Like, so you, you came in as a, like, what was your rate and rank and everything? Uh, um, not I, your rank, I, but your. Yeah, I did have some ROTC. Um, okay. So I actually went in under the, what's called the Navy SEAL challenge program, program thinking I was going to go be some badass, you know? And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, it, it, that didn't work out, but who's we'll going to carry that, the but, boats. Uh, yeah 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 and the logs and the you know <laughs> but uh <laughs> so i went in 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 98 enlisted went to boot camp um pretty much did boot camp and a school both in great lakes for gunners mate a school so i was in great lakes for six months um and under the the navy seal challenge program i had to get up uh during boot camp i think it was tw- once we got about the middle way of boot camp midway of boot camp about the fourth week they were making me go pt you know, with a couple other guys that were going to Bud's, um, you know, twice a week at like four in the morning. And if you missed a day, you know, you were told you couldn't go, you were breaking your contract. Mm-hmm. And then when we got to a school, it was kind of the same deal. Um, but we had to go like three or four days a week or something, however many days it was, I can't really remember. Um, so, you know, we had to go through all of that. And then I actually went to Coronado after, um, gunners made a school, and 
I was there, I think 38 days is how long we were there before we classed up. So we were basically doing first phase, waiting to do first, <laughs> first phase, you know? So, um, yeah. and it wasn't, <clears throat> it wasn't uh, long after hell week. I wound up DOR and I wound up hurting my, my left knee real bad. I don't know if I tore something or what, um, but I, I messed up my left knee pretty bad. And I was, it's like, it, they, they said it was like ITB is what it was and i don't know what that is to this day <laughs> so it's, I, it's something's like inflamed you know in your knee or something but anyway i wound up dor and so they wound up sending me to the fleet and you know i wasn't happy with that you know i'd quit school at that point i'd been mm. to jail i didn't quit quit something else you know it was just mm -hmm. i had this kind of quitter mentality and i was i was kind of looking for excuses i'm not gonna lie when i first got there to get out and then i, I happened to meet um on the uss elliott I, I met a senior chief named senior chief Gaffney and I spoke with him and he said, man, he said, let me tell you something. He said, uh, I, I know what you came in to do. He said, it didn't work out. He said, but I, he said, give me one year. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like it, I'll see what we can do about cross branching you. And I was like, okay. And, uh, fast forward uh, a year later, I didn't even realize a year had gone by. He come to me, he said, Rhodes, you know what the day is? I said, no, senior chief. He said, well, it's been a year. He said, what do you think? I said, you know, I, I think I'll, I think I'll stick to the ship. I'm all know, set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I was, I was happy with it. You know, yeah. um, he had done put me through, uh, what's called VBSS training, which for visit board search and seizure. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, uh, so, and, and to me, that was pretty much the extent of, of any interaction that we had ever had was doing drug interdiction off the coast of California, which now looking back at it was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> You know, um, you know, I mean, and, and if, you know, we would always, uh, you know, if a ship came close to us or a small boat came close, close to us while we were on deployment, you know, we would, you know, the VBSS, the VBSS team would handle, you know, that situation if they didn't turn off after warning shots or being told, you know, yeah, yeah. but, um, but we never, I never dealt with any of that. Everything I ever did with VBSS was always drug interdiction, but I mean, we were, I mean, we probably did two, three dozen boards for, for that. I mean, that, you know. That stuff was popping off back in back in the early two thousand. So I think it still is. Either we just don't care, or <laughs> we just or, don't hear. Well, well, well or we're or we're complicit in, in it because it's a mm -hmm. you know such a money maker. Well, and and that's one of the things too is you know that and you know we always had to have a coast guard captain and fly a coast guard flag when we did it. So I don't even think we got the credit for it. Yeah, coast guards <laughs> taking your cheese. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, come on, coasties. But, Damn. Uh, but but you know, anytime we ever went out and did any type of workups or did any type of uh, training or took a ship out to test systems and stuff like that, we would always take a coast guard captain just in case we got a notification that was a suspected vessel you know mm -hmm. floating off the coast so i mean it, it you know we like i said we've probably done a couple maybe maybe a dozen maybe maybe two dozen of these things um you know maybe a, a handful of times shit got a little hairy you know I won't, I won't never forget one of the first boardings i ever did i don't know if you remember back then you probably do but they had the one size fits all thigh holster mm, yeah well, when you're five six, it's a knee brace. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you, and I won't never. One size fits like most that. is what he meant. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're running like your peg leg pirate, you know. And uh, I won't never forget the first time I tried to jump on a ladder to board a boat. 
that holster got hooked in the ladder. And oh. I mean, the look, the small boat that we were on came up and I mean, it was just bam, 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 beating me. <laughs> oh man. I had a buddy of mine ski, Kalazowski, he reached over, grabbed me and pulled me back in the boat. He's like, you all right? I was like, Jesus, I took, hey, I won't never forget. We got back and I went straight back to the armory and started cutting that holster down. I was like, not going to get me. I may, have, I may have inadvertently uh, invented the mid drop. <laughs> <laughs> made a short guy thigh holster that's what i did i love <laughs> but, it i love but, it uh, but yeah man and i mean you know I, I did the rest of my career uh two deployments for the uss Elliot to the gulf and then we did uh we we flew over to perth australia and did a duty swap with the uss fletcher and took it on its last deployment which was i think five months or six months and then brought it back okay. and then uh we decommissioned the uss Elliot before we flew over so then we brought it back and we were in the middle of decommissioning it when i got out so Check, check. Okay, so walk me through your transition because you know the show. I talk about transition a lot, and a lot of people get, you know, stuck up there or, you know, transitions just where a lot of guys, I think, struggle. Um, yeah. So tell me about your transition. It, it was horrible. Um, you know, um, I, I was married while I was in. I went through a divorce um, shortly before I got out. Um, she had left me for another guy that was in the Navy. You know, I considered a friend, um, which was another reason I think that I was like, you know, I'm out, you know, um, it just, you know, um, but it was hard, man. It was hard, you know, job after job after job, you know, trying to find the camaraderie you had with a certain click, you know, that you had. And, and it was just hard, man. It was just hard to, uh, I, I guess that even though we were never in combat situations, you know, we still realized that, you know, lives depended on us, mm. you know, even at an early age. And then you get out into the real world and you realize that, you know, your supervisors are 30, 40 years old. have never been in situations like that. And, and it's just, it's, it's so different, the mentality. And, and again, exiting still had the chip on my shoulder, had a problem mm. with authority. You know, I'm not going to sit here and listen to some 40 year old man who's never done that with his life, but mm. you know, fix air conditioners you know or you know caulk an apartment paint like you know and, and i had an issue with that for many years Brian. um many years i um you know like i said um i went straight into doing like apartment maintenance you know okay. i figured it was something safe and uh the guy said you know i don't know if you're gonna like this job it starts out at 11 an hour and you just got to walk around with a bucket and a trash grabber and keep the property clean i was like am i gonna go away for nine months 10 months at a time he's like i was like i'm fine with it (laughs) so so, um you know wound up you know i worked with uh equity residential and apartment maintenance company for a little bit until they started selling properties um and then the people that actually worked there stood up their own company or actually bought out a company um a residential side of trademark Hmm. um and then i went to work with all those people you know those guys that had come together to to buy that out yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I went to work with them for a few years up until 2019. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, all And that's when you know, broke off to, to start your own. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I had traveled around for a little bit. You know, I, I, owned, a Har- I owned several Harleys. Um, so I jumped on a Harley, and for about five years, I just kind of took off and did what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, still did, Um. Uh, what do they call it? Uh where you kind of go and look at a property for them and they would kind of subcontract that out to me to see how much maintenance would be needed to upkeep okay. it, due diligence, due diligence, um, just to kind of 
you know, keep some money coming in. And then I went and worked for Nemo Arms up in Idaho for okay. I made a couple of years, maybe uh, building ARs. So, oh, that's um, tight. Yeah, man, that was a good group of people, man. Awesome group. Um, I actually went back last year after the other incident we're going to talk about <laughs> and uh, visited with some buddies of mine from up there and stopped by there just to check on and see how everybody's doing. And yeah. I mean, they just looked, they gave me a bunch of swag hats and hoodies yeah. and t-shirts. And I was like, can I get a gun? They're like, nah, we don't <laughs> no, we don't do that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, uh, you know, I have a, a, a little bit of everything except mechanic work. Uh, I've never been real big on <laughs> working on cars. I've yeah, now you're trying to, to rebuild. Now you're trying to rebuild one. <laughs> it, well, you know, it, it's actually it, once we get into further conversation, I'll tell you why I want this to be my first one. Um, kind of how the transition for Renovet is going to go because I, I, my walk kind of taught me a lot. So when we get through that point, you know, I can kind of transition into that. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. smoothly, I think. <laughs> I got so, you. I got you. So, well, smooth or not, we'll figure it out. Shit buffs out. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, all right. Well, talk to me about, talk to me about, um, talk to me about RenoVet first and why, and like, take me through, you have a for-profit company and what happens, what goes on, what goes down with you personally, and then why you want to tra- change over to nonprofit. And then we'll get into the, the, you know, the incident and the walk from there. Yeah. Uh, so 2019, um, I, I, I was trying to start a, a nonprofit, you know, I, I thought how cool would it be to go around and do small projects that i could do by myself you mm-hmm. know for mm-hmm. for disabled veterans whether it be you know build a handicap ramp or or even hell change a light bulb or, or a water heater or something broke you know go fix just like a handyman type deal but for disabled veterans to where they didn't have to come out of pocket you know with either very little or no money mm-hmm. um and i guess the company i was working for kind of got word of it and thought i was trying to start my own renovation company so they let me go so i had to you know, I had a, at that time I was in a relationship and, um, and I had to do something to provide, you know, so I went ahead and just started doing profitable work, um, you know, flipping houses and started getting pretty big contracts with apartment complexes. And then the further it kind of went along, the more steady I seen work was, I said, well, you know, well, I've started hiring guys, they know what they're doing, they can take care of stuff. So I just kind of started going around and, you know, asking if there were any vets that needed anything. And, uh, and, you know, eventually I was doing, you know, pretty decent size remodels like i said installing uh or, or doing bathrooms and kitchens you know oh, yeah. with lower cabinets and stuff uh you know um uh handicap ramps any maintenance that they need to take care of around their house uh anything that any veteran needed man and uh actually that's how you and i got to know each other was through a guy named hodge who knew of you i don't know that he knew you personally i'm, I'm not sure no i didn't but, know him uh, personally before that yeah he um i was doing uh he had a he had a couple acres and he needed a roof put over to keep his hay dry mm. for his horses. So uh, I went out and took care of that. And um, that was right before, you know, the walk. So um, I was kind of, yeah, I got my first news interview there and everything, you know. Um, and then, you know, short, you know, had contacted you right about yep, the same yep. time. Um, but, you know, the, the past couple of years have been a blessing, man. Everything that I'm able to do for anybody, you know, I just remodeled a bathroom up in Roxborough for a, a army vet with Parkinson's. Um, you know, I'm doing a, uh, it's been about two months and well, two months and one week this week, um, doing a, a, a kind of a turning a, a garage into an apartment for a, a veteran who's, who's blind. Um, and, and he's, you know, he's old school. He's, I think he's world war two. Oh, wow. If I'm not mistaken, he's old, old. 
<laughs> but uh but you know so that's been a, a well that's project. awesome yeah it, it really has been and you know it it, it sucks because it, the only thing that sucks about it is i wish i had enough donations coming in to be able to do it for them but i cut them a, as as great of a break as i could on everything you know mm-hmm. um and they're happy with everything you know the price you know i, I would say if if I were a contractor, I would have subbed it out and, and probably would have bid it at about 60 to 75,000. And, you know, I'm doing it for 1500 a week. So, you know, I'm doing, you know, it's, it, it, and you know, that helps cover my gas money. Cause I'm driving from Raleigh to Burlington every day yeah. to do it. Yeah. Um, but you know, <clears throat> I think this will probably, I'm not going to say it'll be my last one, but we're trying to make a transition, um, into, uh, I would like to do transit vans and build them out for like van life, mm-hmm. um, for homeless veterans. Okay. Um, uh, especially homeless disabled veterans that might not make enough money to survive home, but can make enough money to get to the next national park and enjoy some freedom. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, that's, that's that's dope. Yeah, that's gonna be uh, that's why I'm trying to work on the vehicle i'm working on mine for a little bit makes sure i can, I got I can you. do it I but got uh, you. but you know um i'd rather you know if i'm gonna mess up i mess up on something of mine before i mess up on something i'm trying to give away you know yeah, pr- yeah <laughs> but, practice on yours for sure yeah well that's so, right, that's right. so so let's get let's get into the catalyst for the walk and we're, mm-hmm. getting, we're getting a little head right now yeah um what made you want to walk what you know Cause that's right when I met you. When you hit me yeah. up, you were about to leave North Carolina in a couple of weeks. You were finishing Hodges' barn, yep. and uh, you had found out somehow. Either I said something. I think I said something about getting ready to buy a rifle so that I can raffle it off for you know uh, for my community. And you were like, oh, "I got you." And I'm like, yep. "What?" And you're like, "No, I got you. I'll bring you a rifle." And you yep. brought a, you brought a peach <laughs> down, man. And we talked about that. And then, like, shortly after that, you took off on the walk. But we never got to communicate as far as, like, what made you want to walk, uh, how the walk go, things you've seen, witnessed, met, done on the walk, and then, you know, what the walk donations and funds were able to provide for you afterwards. Yeah. Um, so, uh, initially, uh, December 24th of last year, um, I just woke up and heard the word walk, like, I don't know if I heard it or felt it or, or it was in my mind. I just, but it was clear as day. And, um, you know, I've been going to church very regularly for a couple months there, you know, um, I'll get into that too. Cause I guess I got behind ahead of myself. So, and that probably yeah. has a, in my, in my opinion, probably has a lot to do with why you were feeling and thinking and, you know, uh, having the sensations that you were having. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a, you know, I had the inc- an incident that happened in July of last year. And, um, you know, I've been, you know, I've been religious for a long time now. I just haven't been to church a whole lot, you know, um, mm. just kind of a more of a feeling than, than practicing, um, you know, um, which isn't always a good thing. You know, I mean, you know, people can say what they want, but, you know, I believe if you surround yourself by certain people, you're going to be certain people. You know, um, so I kind of started going to church um, and really listening and really not just to what was being taught to me, but really listening to my heart instead Mm -hmm. of, you know, a lot of my mind. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, uh, I guess I guess it kind of started in July of last year. What kind of led me to 
you know, kind of going to church, you know, um, not that I felt guilty about anything, but, you know, I just wanted to make sure that my heart was in the right place with the incident that had happened. Um, you know, I was involved with a, a self-defense shooting. Um, and, you know, it, it was a little different, you know, being in the civilian life with that because there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, gray areas that can go either way, um, you know, as far as law. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when you're involved in something like that, um, there's a lot of stress that comes into your life, of course, you know, um, and it just kind of had me feeling a certain way. There was some things that, that, uh, that I think could have prevented it. Um, you know, oh, and, can you get uh, it? Can you, can you talk about the shooting? I, I can, um, July 22nd of last year, um, I was riding down the road. I was in the passenger seat of a vehicle. Um, the person that was driving, um, you know, I was probably looking at my phone or something. I don't, I don't know where the, the first car came from, but we were cut off in traffic. And then another car ran us into the turn lane. We were, um, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with Fayetteville yeah, Spring little Lake bit. area. I'm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you are. But uh, but um, Spring Lake heading in, it's five lanes. It's two lanes going into Fayetteville, two lanes coming out, and then a center turn lane pretty much the whole way mm -hmm. um, until you get into Fayetteville. Um, so we were kind of pushed over into the turn lane so that we didn't get hit by a car. And I seen that one coming over, and I looked up, and the person that was driving fell back in behind them. And then the car that actually cut us off that I didn't see slammed on brakes to try to get the car that almost hit us to hit them. So I think there was two cars that were involved in some type of road rage mm. stuff going on. And, and then I was going to say, us. was this against you or people coming after you or it was just coincidentally? I think it was just coincidentally that they were involved in some type of I don't know if they were racing. I don't want to say it was road rage, but there was something going on with the two vehicles and we were just. And, and coincidentally Involved. got caught up in it. Okay. So when that car slammed on brakes, uh, the driver of the vehicle I was in went into the right lane to go around. And um, when we went around them, we got back into the original lane we were traveling in, the one next to the turn lane. And then the car that almost hit us was in the turn lane, speeding up to pass everyone in the turn lane. Um, and then as they approached us, the, the driver in the car I was in kind of split the lane so they couldn't go around them because we were coming up on a stoplight. Um, and they, I guess they took that as offensively and ducked in behind us, got into the right lane, went around us. And that was when the driver of the other vehicle threw something out of their window and hit our car. So they done hit us with their vehicle. That's what pushed us into the other lane. They actually hit the car. And then when they threw something out and hit the window, the driver of the car that I was in was like, okay, that's twice. So mm -hmm. then we got behind them. So she was going to try to take their tag number Well, they tried to slam on brakes to get us to hit them. Well, then we stopped, come to a complete stop and they rolled forward. Um, I can't remember the name of the road, but it's the road that turns off and goes to the Pope air force base. Mm -hmm. um, there's a circle K right there on the corner. And uh, you know, so we were about two car lengths behind them and the driver of the vehicle that I was in got out of the car and approached the other vehicle and walked up to the driver's side and was like, what's what's the effing problem and when she did that the passenger opened the door got out of vehicle and reached over the car and pointed a gun at her face mm -hmm. so when he did that um you know i opened my door unholstered pressed out slacked out side of alignment sight picture and uh shot uh mag dumped on him 
um, hit him eight out of 10 times. And, uh, he went down. Um, so when he went down, I did a reload, you know, I carry a sidecar holster. So I popped my mag out, did a reload and got to the back, the rear of the vehicle. And th at this time, you know, the person that was driving had already made it back to our vehicle. You know, she pretty much took off running as soon as she seen the gun. Mm -hmm. Um, and she got in the driver's side, laid down behind the dash. And that's when I stepped back out from behind the car, you know, cause the doors open, that's not really covered to me. So, you know, stepping out from, my, from behind the car, I seen him raise up off the ground with his head and his arm and he shot at the driver that the driver's driving my vehicle. He shot at her and hit the windshield. Well, I pressed out to start shooting again, but he went limp before I got another shot off. And at that point, you know, um, his that the driver of the other car done made it around to him. And, you know, I was thinking she can pick up the gun. Somebody in traffic's going to see this. They could shoot me thinking they're defending his life. Mm -hmm. They don't know everything. So I told the driver, I was like, you know, let's get out of here. So she backed up, actually hit me with the car, um, laid me out in the middle of the street, man. <laughs> and I jumped up, I got in and like, I peeled the door on this Kia all the way to the front. That's how hard she smacked me, man. Like it was, I couldn't get the door. It, 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 I, when we get to the police department part of it, it's, it gets funnier, <laughs> but I peel this door around and I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. Get me somewhere safe. So we took a right at the Pope air force base, drove down to the gates. I was thinking they'll have armed sentries in case somebody comes looking for us. Well, yeah. the fucking gate was closed. Oh. So, so there's nobody there. <laughs> so then we kind of creep out of there. Cause it's kind of a hard corner right before you get there. So we kind of crept out of there and drove up to, there was a church on the right. And um, we parked in that church parking lot. I emptied, you know, cleared and safe the weapon, locked the slide back, set everything on the passenger floorboard. Um, I stuck, stepped out in the middle of the road, raised my hands. She was on the phone with the police at that time. Um, and the police showed up about 30 minutes later. I guess they had to go to the scene first, mm -hmm. which made sense to me, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and um, the officer showed up. He walked up to me and said, man, why you got your hands in the air? And I said, I wanted to show you that I want a threat to you. And he said, well, I appreciate that, but I'm still going to put you in handcuffs to detain you. Yeah, yeah. I said, that's fine. I understand. So they put me in handcuffs. We were, on, we were there for about an hour while they had the CSI guys come, do the gunpowder residue, all that stuff. And, you know, the guy that was doing that, he, he said, uh, you know, what's your name? Where's your address? You know, what's your birth date? And I told him, he said, what are your hobbies? And I'm sitting there thinking, I go to the range I shoot. three, four, <laughs> days, four days a week. I don't want to tell you this, you know? So I literally looked at him as like, I sleep with stuffed animals. And he was like, what? I was like, <laughs> I don't want And the other officers were like, no, seriously. And I was like, I go to the gun range three or four days a week. That's my hobby is shooting. And the other officer, one of the officers was like, yeah, I can see why you didn't want to tell him that, you know. Yeah. But it, it really, in all honesty, man, like just being honest with him was the best thing I think I could have done. Absolutely. So, you know, we, um, after everything there is, is, is kind of wrapped up, you know, she's a, you know, because the bullet that hit the windshield actually fragmented and went in her forehead, her bicep and her oh, forearm shit. um it didn't go in it like i literally wiped the lead off that's mm -hmm, how mm -hmm. but it for all intents and purposes it did you know she got shot you know um so uh the ambulance got her checked out we got into the vehicle we go back to the police annex in spring lake and we're there seven hours i think from five five roughly five thirty in the afternoon until about two in the morning um 
and it got to a point where they actually took the cuffs off me. They let me step outside the smoke, you know, hang out. They knew I wasn't going anywhere. Um, they talked to me for about seven minutes and I didn't understand it at the time, but the officers were like, you know, how many times did he shoot? I said, once I seen him shoot one time. That was after he went down uh-huh. and he raised up and he shot at the car. And, um, I, I said, that's, I, I only remember seeing him shoot one time. And, uh, you know, all of my shots were center mass. And I think I got hyper-focused on center mass. And, and I told him, I said, everything around what I was looking at, you know, down the sites was just kind of like pool water, to be mm. honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then come to find out he had shot 20, 21 times at her. Um, oh, as she was my running. God. Uh, yeah. So he was shooting the whole time she was running and I was shooting him and I, I didn't know that, you know? So when I kept saying one, they were like, ah, that doesn't track, you know, uh-huh, I'm yeah. like, that's all. But that's why I kept, but I kept saying all I seen him shoot was once. All I seen like him shoot. Auditory was and visual exclusion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, it's crazy because, you know, you you know, you go to the range, you shoot, you got your remote, your ear pro on. When shit happens, you don't need that. It, you get no ringing, no nothing. Yeah. You know, it's just it, it everything shuts down because of your adrenaline. Um, but, you know, while we were there, you know, they got my statement. Um, they released me that night. They never arrested me, never read me my rights. But we were sitting in the conference section. And the officer looked at me and he said, man, he said, I got to tell you, that was some of the funniest shit I ever seen. And I said, what are you talking about? He's like, when she hit you with that fucking car, man. And I was like, what? And and he said, that shit was so funny. And about three detectives were walking down the hallway. They're like, what? You mean when he got hit by the car? I'm like, how did they see that? On the film, it was everything was on film. Everything. Oh, there was a there was a camera from like a traffic from from the Circle K. Oh, from the circle. Okay. Yep. Do you and, have yeah, access I, to that video? Uh, I haven't seen it. Um, and I think due to the fact that, so if, if we fast forward to two months ago, I actually was able to go back and pick up my firearm. They released it back to me and they said that, um, it was founded unfounded that nobody still living committed a crime is the way that they worded it to me. Um, so I think because it isn't technically evidence, you know what I mean? They can't really release because that, that makes it not public record. And then that would have to be on circle K or whoever had the, exactly, exactly. So, which is a good thing. Um, Yeah. We don't need to show that to everybody. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially me getting hit because I mean, I'm not lying to you. When she hit me, like I rolled backwards, like, and all I could think the whole time I was flipping through the air, all I could think about rivals, finger off the trigger, and I, and they literally like, I got up and the officer told me, he said, when you stood up, you could hear you across the parking lot. Cause there's audio. He said, all you did was stood up. He said, you shook like a dog. I said, what the fuck? <laughs> Cause I couldn't, all I could do is throw my arm up, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's an indention of my watch on the door panel. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay but, so you know, all kidding aside yeah, yeah. i assume that this person passed away being that they, they said they, n- nobody living committed a crime yes yeah, so um so yeah he did um he, he was you know he, he was dead on scene um whenever when the ambulance and stuff got there um that was the first question they asked me is if i knew what happened to the guy and i told him i said i'm assuming he's dead you know because i seen him go down and i and i heard him ron uh oh like a I heard him. He he said, "Oh," and it, it was like a lungs. Like you could hear the, almost hear him at you know almost thirty feet. I could almost I could hear that. You know, mm-hmm. and and my first thought was, 
uh, he ain't gonna and then when i seen him go limp you know after he fired that shot that i saw i was like ah he ain't, he ain't gonna make it you know yeah, it death i just kind of had what's that like a death ball you know like a a, a bear yeah. will do a, a lot of animals do a death ball out there at the end deer especially yeah. um but yeah you're right it's uh you know it's, it's almost like you can hear it escaping you know and and i and i can still remember the smell mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know if i was upwind or downwind excuse me but i could i could smell like lead and flesh like i could smell iron that burning. yep blood it, it just yep it just and it just it hit me man and uh you know um but you know i did get a lawyer the following day i retained a lawyer and they started doing some digging um they found out he was a convicted felon twice you know shouldn't even have had a firearm um he had one magazine and a glock 17 pistol and then he had 600 a seat <clears throat> um mm-hmm. so you know uh I've, I've talked to quite a few people my pastor everybody about it and they said you know maybe you were just in the right place at the right time to stop something bad from further happening and yeah yeah i mean think about what he was trying to do to whoever these kids were that were behind you and trying to get out of the way it, it might have been that, the fact that he was going to head that way anyways well mm. you intervened you know, to be able to stop that well you know and 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 i thought about that for a long time and and, and the thought process that the mentality that i had to come to run in that situation was Regardless of what he was going to do or he had done in his past, I needed to do what I needed to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. Regardless mm-hmm. of of who he was, who he is, who he was meant to be, I, you know, and, and and that's my mentality on it. And, and well, you know, and you're uh, right, man, and and you're, you're exactly right. I mean, not long ago, I seen this 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 crazy. A uh, couple of dudes that stole a vehicle and they went Instagram or Facebook Live or something and they were running people down. Did you see this? Like yep, it, yep. It, it, that when that's the world that you live in. When you have that hostile act, hostile intent, kind of like rules of engagement being in. Yep. If they're it, if they're it, threatening it, another person's life or your life and you can yep. intervene, you should intervene. Uh, yeah, too many well, people you know, these days hold a fucking camera phone up and they record shit <laughs> while people are being beat down and killed, and, and not enough and, of them are taking action. That, that's 100% right. And that's, you know, that's where it, it took me the walk. And I and you know, we'll get to that in a little mm. bit. Um, but it took that and being back and um, not needing to be validated or appreciated by anyone mm. for what happened that day except myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could reach out to 100 people that have been in situations like that and done the same exact thing. They're like, oh, well, you know, this is the case. This is the case. And it's like, nah, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. You just got to get it right in your mind and your heart that you did what you had to do during that situation. And like you said, you know, we live in a world now and, 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 you know, this is, this is something that, you know, I, that has been on my mind for the past year, especially is, you know, you take people that have been trained and put in situations like veterans and then they get out. And now there's like we talk about rules of engagement. You know, if we get shot at, we know, we know what we can do. If somebody puts a gun in your brother's face while y'all are kicking indoors, you know what? You, hell, sometimes they wouldn't even take that for you to engage. You know, mm-hmm. you were there to engage. But then we come out into the world, and there's all these laws that protect the criminal. <laughs> yeah. And 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 like I said, it's a very stressful, very different type of 
of situation. You can know all day long at that old saying, I'd rather be tried by 12 than carried by six. This is true, but it doesn't mean it doesn't alleviate the stress, you know, because, you know, I, I did work in a prison for three years and I told, I told, you know, somebody, I said, you know, because everyone kept telling me because of the two demographics involved in this Mm -hmm. and what County it was in, that that would be one of the issues, especially with stuff that's going on in the world right now. And my mentality of that is, so basically I'm going to be painted as uh, a white guy, early forties, a lot of tattoos. And then I'm thinking, you know, I know how it is in prison. So Mm -hmm. when I go there, I'm basically going to have to become what they portrayed me to be to stay alive. Just to survive. And I I know what second degree murder is. It's a minimum of nine years because that was the charge that they were, that the only charge they would have had on me would have been premeditated. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking for nine years, I'm going to have to, and, and I know that when I get out, it's not like I just get out and walk away from that life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was very, that, that part of it, I think I stressed out a lot over, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, my second wife was, was African-American. So I, I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, but it doesn't know, matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter to the media and to the greater population that's watching that garbage. Right. It, it, that's exactly right. And and I think the more that the because there was only one article about it that was ever written. And I think the more that it was uh, researched. And they were like, oh, shit, out. we can't do this. Yeah. 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 It, exactly. So. Um, well, at least they did some fucking research, though. Right. Because that's not I, going on by and large either. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and the only thing that that, you know, like I said, there was a lot of things I wish that certain people had done different that day, even the person that. I was with, you know, but I don't think that what the person I did was with was warranted getting a gun put in her right. face. You right. know, I, I don't, I don't believe that. I, I can't believe that because you can't be standing at, you know, five foot nothing, a hundred pounds. What's the problem? And, a, you know, that's not how that should have been handled. Um, so like I said, it's just took me a while to come to terms with hey man. You did what you had to do in that moment, no matter what, was going to happen or what had happened in the past everything just had to be dealt with in that moment yeah and let me ask you this so is um in dealing with that situation is that where you go back into church um or is it come later um that got me back into church um like i said i'd started to kind of develop you know uh 2000 up until about 2010 and then maybe a little bit of a break and then uh moving forward i had always tried to find a a church you know um i was actually saved uh august to august 1st of 2017 um so you know coming back home from from you know uh being gone for a little bit and you know just kind of being around and and you know developing that relationship with God, you know, um, I was, I was evolving spiritually, I believe, Mm -hmm. um, which I think brought me to the path of the nonprofit as well. You know, what can I do to help other people? It isn't about how much money I can put in my pocket. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I'm saying. Did those sensations and emotions come after the incident? Um, physically going to church? Yes. No, I uh, meant like even e- even the even the feeling of wanting to help and give back, regardless of what it brought you. Uh, that 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 came 
earlier than that okay. incident. You know, okay. um, cause like I said, you know, I had started wanting to start a non, you know, to help veterans in 2019, you know, this happened in, uh, last year. So 2022. Um, so, you know, it was a few years there, you know, a couple, mm-hmm. you know, three years there that, um, yeah, I had been starting, like I said, kind of really evolve spiritually. And I think that was why that incident took such a toll on me too, is being at that, being where I was in a relationship with God, the way I was, I was like, ah, shit, you know, I just committed, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. The t- you know, so it, it very, it messed with me mentally, which I think actually got me wanting to reach out <clears throat> to more people who follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what best place to do that than church? Like I said, you're kind of, you are the people you surround yourself with. Um, so great pastors, great people, um, of the church down in Leland, I was going to, um, and, uh, you know, obviously I'm in Raleigh now, so I can't, (laughs) I'm not there, but, um, but, you know, um, they really helped me out through a lot, you know, and, um, like I said, that happened in July and then right around Christmas, I started kind of, uh, maybe I'm not in the best relationship I should be in, you know, maybe there's some things that I need to change about myself before I even think about being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I said, it was, it was a long time after getting out of the service that a lot of stuff kind of hit me, you know? Yeah. So you, yeah. you're talking over 20 years later, things start to kind of start to kind of click, <laughs> you know, like eh, maybe you're not living your best life, bud. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Uh, so, um, and then, you know, just with that incident, just kind of, um, really kind of brought, uh, kind of, a that inner, uh, struggle, you know? Um, and, and I feel like I'm, I've, I've come out on the better side of it, you know, I've gained a, a lot of patience. <laughs> so, yeah. but you know, um, so, and just, and just a lot of knowing that no matter what, it really is going to be okay in the end, That's you know, right. um, right. no matter how bad things are here at the end of this life, you know, things are better. Mm. <laughs> and, 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 and which I think gives you a little bit of clarity and, you know, do everything you can every day to be genuine mm. to people, Yeah, uh, you know? Um, so I feel like in that aspect, it, it's helped me to grow a lot, you know, but also at the same time, you know, um, don't stand by and let people do harm to people you love or yourself. You yeah, know, that's right. Um, so I don't think, I think there's a good, the Bible talks about that too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, <laughs> so and that's and that's kind of where I'm at, you know. Um, is is uh, just do everything I can for everyone I can. Have patience. Try to be as genuine as I can to everyone, and and uh, really just try to focus on what the next steps are for for getting some things going in the right direction with the nonprofit, you know. So so that leads us into your. That leads us into your dream or your mm-hmm. uh, awakening, I guess. Yeah. You woke up yeah. here, here in the the walk, and, and so walk me through that. Like, kind of, kind of dive in right there. It was literally, uh, like I said, Christmas Eve morning, not Christmas morning. Um, like I said, I woke up and heard the word walk, and and for a couple of days I had to think about it. Like, what in the world, you know? Like, what what do you mean walk? Like, I can, I can, you know. I could walk 5k in my hometown. Um, you know, uh, I, I can take a long walk. I, I can do so many things. So I literally, um, after a few weeks, I just kind of sat down and said, you know, 
let me take a long walk. You know, I'm, I'm going to be an overachiever. I'm not going to do a, a five mile in my hometown. You know, let me take a long walk. And then I started thinking, I said, well, where the hell am I going to walk to? <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan. You know, I said, well, I started researching, found out he was in Austin, had the comedy club, you know, and that's where he does this thing. And I said, well, you know, that's a long walk, but, uh, let's do it, you know? And then yeah. as the week went on, I started like writing it out like a business plan. You know, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I need to go. And, uh, I think you're probably like me, you know, two is one, one is none. So, mm -hmm. you know, here I go with 600 pounds of shit that I've added to a rucksack. I'm like, that ain't going <laughs> to, so, so, you, know, you know, it ain't like you're going on a one, two or three day deal. You know, you're going for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking that, uh, you know, I could probably do it in 60, 65 days, you know? Um, so, but also before I left, I had someone that was supposed to drive my truck and pull a camper. So I was going right. to be able to stay in it and just walk, you know, just, just close, you know? Um, but the closer it got, more people started backing out on it. So I started, well, you know, Hey, I've done said, I'm going to do this. And I started planning and making videos of me training to do it. So, uh, you know, let me set out and, you know, eventually it. the last week came around and I loaded up a ruck and. I don't know. First couple of days, I probably dropped twenty pounds out of that thing. I, was like, I don't need this. I don't need this. Bare essentials, this. baby. <laughs> yes, sir. I, and you know, of all the things that I let go in the beginning that I wish I would have kept because I wound up buying later was a pair of silkies, man. Like, oh man! <laughs> like, I, I threw it. I was like, I don't even wear these things. And then, like, it started getting hot in Texas. I was like, man, I sure wish I had no things to sleep, <laughs> you know, or, or wear while I was washing my clothes or anything. Oh yeah. You know? So I wound up buying another pair, but, uh, but you know, yeah, I, I just started planning it and, and I just, I, I wrote everything out. Like I said, started planning it, started making videos, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And, and in my mind at the time, Ron, my thought process was, you know what, I'm going to walk and I'm going to help spread mental health awareness for veterans that, that was, and, and first responders and, mm -hmm. you know, law enforcement, firefighters, EMTs everybody you know that 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 is in uh, a a field to where they can see uh uh things that could probably bring out you know like you know post-traumatic stress sure um and i thought you know that this is a good thing that you know i'm gonna do something good for people and that was my thought process and i don't want to say i was lying to myself but i was i was like you know if i'm gonna do this let's let's have some other reward in it you know you know to to try to reach out to people sure and, you know, kind of uh, kind of get exposure for the nonprofit, what we're trying to do to help uh, battle that, you know. Um, and so I planned everything in February 15th of this year, you know, 2023. Um, I took off walking from Sanford, North Carolina. And I think physically, uh, the first three weeks, everything kind of worked itself out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Roughly. Um, it, it took about three weeks cause I was not prepared to walk, you know, with a lot of weight <laughs> on my back. You know, I was like, I don't know how you Marines do this. But, <laughs> but, I'm in the Navy. I should have swam my ass to Texas. You know? <laughs> but, give me a but, boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give me a boat or a life preserver or something. But, uh, but you know, after about three weeks of doing it, like I said, everything, the feet, the legs, the back, everything kind of started to work itself i started getting stronger i started losing a lot of weight but i started getting stronger mm -hmm. um and then it just became like everyday life well i gotta wake up this morning pack up my stuff clean myself up brush my teeth eat hit the road you know and, yep, and yep. it just and then it and then it started because the first three weeks was not enjoyable 
to me. It was <laughs> awesome to be out in nature because it was still warm for some reason for the mm. first week I left in North Carolina, but then I got to the mountains and oh, <laughs> it was, it, I had one night with 17 degrees that I oh. thought this zero degree sleeping bag wasn't enough. You know? <laughs> but, uh, that John Denver's full of shit. That's yeah, funny, yeah, right? <laughs> but, uh, but you know, um, you know, I struggled a little bit going through the mountains in North Carolina and, and, you know, going up into Boone, I think it's 421. That run. I mean, that is like a eight mile, 6% grade. Yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, I, I think it took me two days to get up. That <laughs> <laughs> I love Boone, but, uh, I don't walk it usually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love, I love the mountains period. I yeah. love being in them, but I like being able to drive to them. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh know? yeah. <clears throat> but um but you know I, I think the also that once the physical stuff started going behind then then some mental and spiritual stuff started happening um mentally i think what was going on is i started to tell myself you know you need this just as much i need this just as much as the people i say i'm doing it for yeah um so it was helping me to just be by myself be away um have an objective have it kind of we go back to that transitioning thing you know i have a i have a mission i have something that i have to do i've told people i'm going to do this i have to do it you know um and then the 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 news interviews started coming um podcast did, things started happening you know even up right before i left through while i was on my walk mm-hmm. and the, the people that i met ryan I, I can't even tell you how much faith and humanity it mm. restored for me because mm. that incident, I didn't realize, you know, like you said, how bad the world is, you know, we see the bad things and I was in a bad situation, mm. but now I'm in a situation where as sometimes my life literally depends on people that I don't know. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and, you know, people walking or, you know, walk driving up to me in this rain and Hey man, you need a ride. And I can't tell you how many times I said, no, God told me to walk. And they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy bastard. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and then how many conversations I had with myself and answered my, and just talking to myself. And now I'm thinking, you know, every time I go down the road now and see uh, somebody walking, talking to themselves, I'm like, that guy's going through some shit. He's like, figuring it, he's <laughs> figuring it out right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's talking it out with himself right now, you know? Um, but you know, just the, the walk itself, you know, um, like I said, I got the I got to stop by uh, Altama Boots, who bought out the original footwear company. Yeah, I think uh, I they, talked they, to you right around then, right? Yeah, yeah they, you told um, me about yep, this. Yep, they um, you know, I'd stopped in. They donated a pair of boots to me. Kind of met me, bought me breakfast, had coffee. Just great day, great people, amazing people at that company, man. And um, you know, they I, I think you've seen them. I rocked the uh, the uh, black camo, uh, Chuck Taylor yep. style you know, yep. uh, maritimes and, and they gave me a pair of Vortec like combat boots. And I was like, man, they're really trying to make me be a Marine, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, but I'm going to tell you what, I put them things on and, and, you know, they, they saved my ass. Yeah. Um, it's a change, you know, huh? Yeah. It was, um, you know, cause I had to strip away a pair of shoes that I was started out in. And then I put on some Under Armour, like running shoes, but they're real meshy. And then bad boys stunk after they got wet. So uh, <laughs> I was glad they gave me the boots. They gave me two pair of like a winter socks and then a pair of summer socks to wear with them. Um, just amazing people, man. And then uh, met so many people 
just <clears throat> along the way there, you know. What, what, um, did, what did you say that the name of the company was again that gave you the boots? Altama. Yeah, I want to put uh, them a lot up. Of people, Altima, but Altama is how I, I, that's how they told me you pronounce it because I okay. kept calling them Altima. They were like, it's Altama. I'm like, All right, right on. Well, shout out to y'all. Shout out. Yeah, man. Absolutely. 100%, dude. They were uh, just amazing people. So if you guys, you know, you like Chuck Taylors and you like cool, you know, tactical looking shit, they got some pretty cool stuff. So, <laughs> but, um, right on. But, um, but yeah, man. Um, and, and, you know, up until that point, you know, I'd met, people in uh, Wilkesboro, right outside of Wilkesboro, North Carolina, Wilkes mm-hmm. County, just crossed the line. Um, met a guy there. Uh, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was his name? Mule Man Davis. James Mule, Mule Man Davis. He trains mules, you know, and stuff like that. Lived in a log cabin. Uh, <laughs> didn't have, like, walls in it and stuff, you know. Like, they were framed up, but no drywall. Best people, some of the best people I ever met were at those little country stores, man. Oh, yeah. He took me back to his house, let me sleep on the porch. <laughs> <You know? laughs> nice. I was like, yeah, at least I had some cover that night, you know. That's um, funny. Then took me back to the gas station because, you know, we were at the gas station. We went back to his house, so he took me back there, you know, to the gas station in the morning, got me some breakfast, hot cup of coffee, took off on my walk. And then probably three times while I was walking, into Wilkesboro, you know, him and his buddy are going fishing every day, <laughs> blowing the horn, wow, and they'll come back and blow the horn, wow, in the afternoon, you know, <laughs> you know? and then uh, gave me a, a tiny little mason bar, mason jar of some medicine, told me to take a sip of it every day, don't drink it, he said, but take a sip every day, so you won't get sick, I said, okay, so uh, that was nice, <laughs> and, a little booster, uh, yeah, yeah, give me a little, little pep in my step, um, you know, and then, uh, I stopped at this little gas station up at 64. The people there were nice enough, you know, because there was nowhere to camp yeah. at all, you know, without being in somebody's yard. They're like, look, if you want to set up around back of the store, you know, and they had these old corn feed bags. So I laid them out as a cushion. I was like, hell yeah, you know, this is nice. Sleeping good um, tonight, boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With an old corn feed bag, you know. Uh, so, uh, and just, you know, moving on through North Carolina, man, like, just met so many good people that were willing to help. Hey man, you know, I would sit down and somebody say, Hey, and it's, it's to me, I think the part that I started to realize is people could tell that I wasn't. And I don't mean this like, uh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. I don't mean it to, to, to offend anyone, but people, I think started to recognize I was actually traveling, not, not homeless if not dr- not sense. drifting you were traveling not drifting yeah yeah it, 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 exactly so you know i would sit down and people like hey man where are you headed and i tell them and they're mm-hmm. like you're in north carolina you know that right and i'm like yeah. yeah that's where i live like i know i haven't made it out of here yet trust me i've been watching this gps every day you know? so, <laughs> but, uh, but you know they would buy my meals they would make sure you know i had something to drink hey man here's water hey man here's this hey man you know I, i've had people give me bibles mm-hmm. challenge coins I, I, so much stuff man uh, and you know, stuff that I, I, you know, we're talking about it. Might as well put it out there. Stuff that I had to like put in Ziploc bags and stash it because it was just too heavy to carry. You know, mm. um, I had my little pocket Bible. <laughs> and I was, I was good with that. You know, and I mean, I was given like full size leather yeah, yeah, bound yeah. Bibles. I was like, oh my god, it's so heavy. You know, please but, no um, more. Please no yeah, more. Yeah, please, <laughs> please, sir. <laughs> but uh, but you know, um, you know, moving through Tennessee. Uh, getting through man i can't tell you how many times i was coming down a mountain in tennessee and thought thank god this is it 
And then I'd go back to the <laughs> like, those mountains freaking in, man. And they end in Arkansas, by the way. <laughs> like, right you, you found right where they end? <laughs> yeah, exactly where they ended, right before Memphis. And Memphis is the last thing you get to before you cross the Mississippi into West Memphis, which, you know, wasn't as bad as everyone tried to warn me they were. Oh, was, uh, were you getting were you getting tales of where you were headed? being rough yeah, or like if you're walking through memphis and i was like you know and, and i started thinking about that um in tennessee i met a guy named rick and i'm gonna tell you what man i stopped on the side of the road and talked to him for four hours about god and religion and he was so knowledgeable and he mm. was a marine and he was amazed yes and he wouldn't tell me his last name but but rick if he if he watches this man i would say probably one of the absolute best parts of my trip was meeting him um he would he actually picked me up drove me around showed me all like the lakes the waterfalls and stuff like where they were not mm-hmm. didn't take me to them mm-hmm. and then took me back to where he picked me up from so I, <laughs> you know you ain't cheating I, yeah so, so i um i actually walked to these places while i was in summertown tennessee and you know it was crazy because he would call me in the morning. Hey man, where you at? And I'm like, well, I slept at this church last night. He's like, well, I'm on my way with coffee. I'm like, all right, cool, man. And oh, he would come cool. and hang out. And, and and brother, I'm gonna tell you what. Um, I actually got to go to his church called the Little Red Barn Church in Summertown, Tennessee, and that was one of the best church services I'd ever been to. Hmm. And to take it back, and this is where I started to really, I think, start to kind of come together between my heart and my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, they were doing a service. And the guy was talking about the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And he said the archery term for Torah is to hit the mark in Hebrew. That's what Torah means. I said, okay. He said, you know what the the, the, the Hebrew meaning of sin is? And he was like, no. And it was like to miss the mark. And I had to get up and leave service because it it hit me. And I, I mean, I, I sat down behind Rick's car and I just started bawling, man. I had like a, like a baby. I was like, you know. Maybe what I did was right, hundred hmm. percent. Maybe I was the Torah and he was the sin in that. You know, it just and especially the terms of missing the mark and hitting the mark. Just yeah. it just it really started to in my mind, and hmm. and maybe it was me being human. You know, but absolutely. Now, 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 how, were you up into that point in your walk? Were you struggling with this? Were you still struggling with the shooting and and? I, um, yes, a hundred percent. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell you something, Ryan, that I, I haven't, I haven't shared with a lot of people, but I, when I started walking and I seen that I was going through Boone, I didn't have plans on making it out of Boone. That's where I wanted to be. And that's what I wanted to remember. You know, I don't know if that's making any sense to you, mm. but, um, you know, fortunately for, for me, I guess, you know, every day I just kind of got up and kept moving. And um, that was something that I learned through all of this is, you know, no matter what you're doing, just keep moving forward. And and, and things will things will fall into place, you know, hmm. um, or, or they'll fall into where they're supposed to be for you, you know. Um, well, I'm glad you kept walking, brother. I am too. Um, I wouldn't have gotten to meet people like Rick and, and, you know, I wouldn't be here with, with you right now either. Um, but yeah, I did struggle with it, Ron. Like I said, it was, it's a little different out here, you know, cause yeah. I think anytime like something like that happens, you're going to question, 
in the beginning, like, man, did I do what I had to do? Was that, was that the right thing? Sure. You know, especially not have seen him shooting while I was shooting him, you know, uh-huh. not knowing that information. Like I didn't know that information until July of this year. Mm. So, you know, it was a whole year before I knew that he actually had been shooting while I was shooting. Right. Um, right. So I did struggle with that a lot. Um, but I think something I started to come up with this, not really come up. I started to realize, you know, I am no matter how slow or fast I walk, no matter how many days I take to, to break because, you know, I'm feeling some pain here or some pain there. Um, I always wound up being where I was supposed to be when I was supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So I don't really think that it was by chance that that service was happening. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was by chance that I met Rick. Um, I don't think it was by chance that I happened in Arkansas to stop at a church and their sermons be on, you know, what are we doing now as people, you know, people back in the day in the, in the beginning, you know, they used to get up and they used to walk around and spread the word of Christ. And I'm sitting here thinking like, that's exactly what I'm like. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing is talking yeah. to people about God as I'm meeting them, you know, <laughs> so meet Rick helped me out with some of the knowledge and where to look and start reading, you know, mm-hmm. and he actually had this old, um, Remember old chocolate chip desert camis they used to have? Mm-hmm. He had a small pamphlet that was just John, just the book of John, and the cover of it was the the chocolate chip cookie. Uh, that's how old this thing was, you know. Yeah. And he said, "Man, that's my last one with that cover on it." And I said, "I'll make sure you get it back," you know. Um, so, but um, I started reading John a lot just over and over and over and over and over again. Every time I would stop for the night, you know, I'd start reading John a lot and um, just kind of really connected with John, man, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, not just, you know, from the baptism and stuff, but just the travels that he did and things that he saw and the people that he spoke with and, mm. and started to learn, like, you know, it may, I think the beginning of it for anyone who is struggling or anyone in those career fields needs to be spirituality, man. If you don't have a good connection, nothing else is going to make sense. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, so, you know, that would kind of be, you know, we'd start talking about the jobs and stuff and then we kind of lead into the spirituality of, you know, you know, you know what God can do for you. Right. Mm. (laughs) You know, let me tell you what he's done for me, you know? And, um, and, and, and it just kind of kept growing, that type of conversation, you know, and there were some conversations with some people that, you know, I mean, I had, a, uh, you know, I've, I've met some good and some bad along the way, you know, <laughs> um, so, um, you know, and, uh, as much as people warned me about Memphis, you know, it really isn't Memphis and West Memphis. You got to worry about it's a small little town right after West Memphis <laughs> that, uh, Oh man, <laughs> I thought I was going to get mugged. And I'm pretty sure I was, they were trying to rob me. And I'm like, look, man, like I look homeless. Like, you know, I got a bushy belt. I was like, what do you think you're going to take from me? You know? And, and I had three guys come up to me and say, Hey man, give us, you know, what you got in the bag, what you got in the bag. You got that fin in there. And I'm like, what? I don't know what the hell fin is. I ain't never done drug a day in my life. You know, I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, give us, give us that. Yay. Give us that. And I was like, what the, f- I don't have any hay. I thought they were saying, Hey, what's that Coke? Yeah, and I was like, what are y'all? And then they started approaching me, two of them, and then the third guy was with them, walked up the street, and then crossed over once they started getting close to me. So I kind of turned and back, and I seen him cross the street to the sidewalk and start walking right towards me. And then one guy, I was like, what do you have in that bag? 
and I was like, mine. My shit. <laughs> like, yeah, and you know, and I and I carried with me the whole yeah. time, you know. And I told him, I, you know, I referred back to an old thing. I said, "Man, look." I said, "All I got is bubble gum and hot lead, and I'm all out of bubble gum." And I lifted <laughs> up my shirt, and they were like, "Oh, you aren't who we thought you were." And I was like, "Your next victim, like, yeah. go away," you know. Yeah. Dude. So they left me alone. But other than that, man, I'll, I have one little issue with a guy in Tennessee who tried to give me a dog. <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't want a dog. Like I don't, you know. And and yeah. uh, so I got up from the campsite and left the next day, and he drove and found me and dropped this dog off with me in a bag full of medicine and a bag full of food. And I was like, uh, oh, yeah, I like, and, and then he drove off and then he started making comments on my social media because the dog kept getting away. Well, I finally, the dog, I was going down <clears throat> a highway in Tennessee and dog kept running out in traffic. Mm-hmm. So I reached over and I grabbed the dog cause it had gotten off its collar, not just the leash, you know? So I found this little, it's like a youth camp. There was two guys out there working on a sign. And I said, hey, man, look, I, I don't want this dog, but I don't want to hear it get hit by a car either. You know, like, I don't want that on my conscience. And they're like, right. we'll take it. Right. So then, you know, and I then texted the guy because I had his phone number. I said, hey, man, this dog is, eh, this ain't working out, you know. Yeah. So it was like 6 o'clock at night. It was like 10 o'clock in the morning. And he finally calls me. Where's my dog? And I said, man, I dropped it off at this youth camp, you know. And then I started getting all these messages and all these comments. You better oh. walk around Tennessee. I'm going to find you. I'm going to do this. And one of my followers actually wound up calling the police about it. Huh. And they they came to me. You know, I get a phone call or a Facebook message. Hey, this is the whatever county sheriff's department gives us a call. And I'm like, what the hell have I done? You know, <laughs> so I call them, tell them where I'm at. They come get my statement. And I'm like, well, look, man, I, I just blocked him. You know, I didn't comment back. I just blocked him on everything, you know. And I and I said, well, you know, but you could still see the messages on, on my platform, on my side of it. You could still see it. They said, well, show us what he's been saying. I showed him. They're like, all right. So they started digging, found out he had a bunch of warrants and went and picked his ass up. I was like, oh, oh, nice. Karma. Yeah, that worked That worked out. So, uh, and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, why are you going to, why are you going to be, don't be loud when you got warrants, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That should have been 101, I think. Yeah, keep it down. Bro. You got warrants. But, uh, but, you know, other than those two incidences, um, as far as the people, um everything else was amazing Great, dude. Yeah. you're thinking 1400 miles it took me three months to walk it from february 15th to may 19th so march april yeah three months to walk it um i wound up um arkansas was i was moving through arkansas and louisiana um they had me cutting right through shreveport nobody had to tell me about shreveport i knew about shreveport i lived in <laughs> Louisiana a little bit, so I was like, I'm just gonna move on through here. And it, in a day, I covered 31 miles and <laughs> not messing around in there. <laughs> no, I didn't. And I mean, from sun up to sundown, it took me to make it 31 miles. But I was like, I'm not stopping in Shreveport, so I just booked on through Louisiana. You know, uh, Arkansas. You know, I was on a lot of dirt roads in Arkansas. Didn't realize that they had you know uh, alligators. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I went to set up camp one night, and I'm walking down this road this swamp from what i can see because all i've got is a flashlight you know my headlamp i'm like it, it looks like straight swamp over here and i was like I, I was like i guess i'm just gonna keep walking until i hit a town you know and uh i don't care if it takes me three days i'm just not gonna sleep you know and i finally seen something that looked like a a shiny object and i looked down it was like a drive going down it was the top of a freaking bulldozer and i was like yep i'm climbing on that thing that's where i'm sleeping tonight so i climbed <laughs> And uh, I woke up, and it wasn't a swamp. It was freaking duck impoundments. Oh, wow. (laughs) 
but I couldn't see it because it was so dark, you know. So uh, I woke up the next morning, stayed on going down that road, and it took me down some bunch of dirt roads and stuff. And I wound up in, uh, oh man, it's a little town in in Arkansas, and I can't think of the name of it. But I did have a guy stop me, and he said, "Man, what are you doing out here walking?" at 10 o'clock at night and i was like well that's what i'm doing i'm walking and he's like this ain't a good place for you to be you know and i was like it just don't seem that bad you know and he's like look man he's like you know me and my buddy we're firefighters but we cut grass you know we, i was just stopping to see you he said you look like you might have some work ethic i was just stopping to see if you might want a job <laughs> and I was like, well i mean i'll help you cut some grass you're firefighters i'll help you out you know what i mean thinking that'll kind of go towards my cause you know i'll yeah, be able yeah. to talk to some firefighters well i wound up walking the whole next day and then the following day um they picked me up and kind of drove me not south but kind of like i guess west and we wound up going to the arkansas firefighter and training academy to cut grass oh sweet and it was a, it was like 30 40 guys going through this school at that moment they let me get up talk in front of the class about oh, what i was nice. doing let me stay at the barracks have dinner and breakfast there man i was like this is bad oh yeah so uh and i still communicate with rick and and matter of fact i got a text rick he texted me today or yesterday but anyway i got a text that guy too uh i can't remember rod roger was his name i believe but anyway i, I got to text him because that was just awesome man um it was it was down near i want to say begins with a c cambridge or campbell or something like that arkansas um but it was just amazing man to be able to yeah, meet that's these awesome. guys i mean they, and they, they did, like, uh, the day I left, they had, like, everybody videoing it, taking pictures, and, like, all the guys in the class lined up in two rows and saw me out and saluted as I walked through, man. And, like, oh, it wow. was it was awesome, bro. Like, and, and that guy said he had to cut some grass. Like, that's a lot of grass. <laughs> that's a lot of grass. But he was like, man, you, you cut the hell out of the grass on that zero turn. I was like, man, it's the first time I'm going to ride on anything. I feel like I'm Too going hard. so fast. <laughs> that's what I mean. So... When Rick put me in his car and took me around in Tennessee, I was like, I was like, oh my god! Like I thought I was gonna get car sick. Oh yeah, dude! <laughs> like, I haven't been in a car in so long, you know. But um, felt that you know, way I after deployment. Up. Sometimes you're if you're on them deployments where you're just walking and then you come home and like you hit 35 miles an hour warp speed is what it feels yeah. like. Yeah, for or, the first time. Or the sea leg thing is real. Like, oh you yeah. Get off the boat after you've been out and you try to walk on something solid, it's like ah, that ain't happening. Just still feel down. like you're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, what the hell is happening right now? I feel like <laughs> a bobblehead. But uh, but you know, um, got through Arkansas. Then when we got down to Louisiana, and I did stop at a fire department and meet with those guys, talk to them that, that I kind of seen on my in, in route. You know, um, and I had a good friend of mine that stayed just outside of Shreveport. So when I started to come into Shreveport, they picked me up, took me to their house, and then the next morning, like five thirty, I was back at where i started and just took off you know and uh (laughs) and i and i and i'll tell you this when i crossed over into texas man like that was a huge moment um you know um and and then i think when i crossed over into texas was huge and then when i crossed the mississippi river bridge going from tennessee because tennessee was over 400 miles long i think yeah so uh, i I, four or five hundred miles but those two were like really big moments for me you know 
Um, but when I got into Texas, I was like, holy shit, man. Like I have, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And, and not, not hardly. <laughs> not, no, not here, but I mean, shit, just to make it that far is like, yeah, yeah exactly. Big milestone. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. And then you look at your GPS and it's like, fuck, man, 15 days. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I wound up, um, I did wind up getting picked up and, and given a ride about, I'd say about 15 miles. And it was a guy had stopped talking to me, make sure I was okay. And he was talking about how he was working on a ranch and stuff, or he had his, you know, he had cows and, you know, he had to do a bunch of stuff. So I wound up actually going to his house and helping them feed cows and, you know, repair some fences and stuff That's like awesome. that and, and kind of traded out a day's worth of work for, you know, a ride, you know, to kind of make up where I would have been if I didn't get walking, you know, um, gave me a ride about 50 miles up to a holiday inn and, you know, kind of back to like hotels like i would get a hotel probably once every week and a half sometimes it would only be a week you know just depending on where i was mm -hmm. but i had a good friend of my family's from back home man that would he had all these extra points at hotels oh, and he would yeah. just call me up because i shared my location with him and where i was like hey man next time up you got a hotel for the night i'm like dude bro thanks man like and he did that for me very very quite a few times and then a lot of my followers um you know hey you know if you're going to be in this area let us know and i was like well i'm here and they're like we got your hotel for the night i'm like whoa you know like yeah that's awesome it was, it was man um and those things you know i know you know this but they bring morale up a lot when oh, yeah. you've been like bathing in rivers and, <laughs> you know using you know dude wipes just to clean the essential areas you know yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's yeah. nice to have a get that hot that. shower, a comfy bed. Yeah. Yeah. And a nice, you know, meal or something, you know, um, cause you know, pretty much it got to the point I ran into a guy that was hiking the, uh, Appalachian trail. And he said, man, he said, I know you like have these foods. Like I had these meals that, you know, you just add water to it, like chili Mac, you know, like yeah, yeah, the peak, yeah. you know, stuff. And he said, man, I know you like that stuff. He said, but I'm going to tell you right now, nothing's going to give you more energy and is lighter than fucking ramen oodles and noodles. And I was like, all right. So I started packing them and then I had a bunch of cliff bars and slim gyms. I would take the yeah. snack on, you know, um, cause you know, walking, you know, 20, 25 miles a day carrying burning weight, it. you know, that's a, uh, you're burning some calories, man. Um, I went down, I left, I was at 174. When I got back, I was 150 pounds. Yeah. So I, you know, um, which I felt great. I was going to say for your frame, that might be the. Uh, a good way to be it yeah 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 you know and and it and, and you know it's uh it's good to put a little bit of weight back on for me because you know i'm like uh, you know i like to have a little bit of size to me you know but um and you know i was hitting the gym pretty good anyway but so, but uh <laughs> but you know um i got down into texas and um the only real i mean i did have a, a couple cops stop me in a couple different places um i was trying to go to church one morning and they got a call about a suspicious guy with a backpack which i kind of understood that you know yeah, i didn't yeah. i didn't hate on him for it i was like I, I get it you know i just wanted to go to church and i was talking to the officers which at first you know having officers called on you because it happened a lot in north carolina the cops pool would stop me left and right here mm. and i started like man god dang it you know I'm just walking, you know, but then yeah. I was like, turn it into opportunity. 
Mm-hmm. So every time mm-hmm. I met one, I'd tell them what I was doing and who mm-hmm. I was doing it for. Here's my website, you know. So it really wound up helping a lot. So, you know, by the time I got to Texas, I was so used to it. I was like, hey, bro, Valley Girl, you know, this is me. This is what I'm doing. Here's my website. You're <laughs> yeah, already ready I'm for it. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, And, uh, you know, went into church and left. And, and then I was walking through um, Antioch, Texas. And it's so funny to me because i remember the charlie daniels i think it was charlie daniels or david allen co song about the antioch baptist church and there it was antioch. i was like oh man you and, say uh, antioch antioch or antioch or antioch okay gotcha antioch. gotcha he talks about antioch baptist church in one of his songs and uh I, easy what is it something rider uneasy rider uneasy rider that's okay, it yeah. yep. so, so, so here I am walking, and I mean, out of nowhere, it just starts lightning, pouring oh, down man. rain, wind starts hitting, and I and you can almost hear it, like like they talk about the freight train. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my word! And I, so I walk up to this church, and I'm thinking maybe the door will be locked. <clears throat> and I'm turning the knob, and it, I'm like, maybe just maybe it's just the old knob. You got to turn it real hard. You know? like, <laughs> I'm like, God, I don't know if you want me to kneel and pray through this. Like, you're going to get me through the storm or if you put me at this church to seek freaking shelter. I don't know what you <laughs> did. But I, as a man at that point, I sought shelter and I wound up. There was a, a metal building <laughs> just beside the church and uh, it had an overhang on it. But I'm like, this is a metal freaking building oh, in the yeah. middle of nowhere. I was like, I'd rather be in it. <laughs> then out of it. so i went in it uh through a window uh wound up cutting my hand up pretty bad um and then wound up calling the cops on myself hey <laughs> just want to let you know this is what happened uh so uh anywho long story short on that wound up getting in touch with the pastor of the church wound up paying him 360 bucks to replace the window because you know that was the right thing to do no charges were pressed or anything like that um but uh, that was the second ride I got, um, and the cop took me into town <laughs> so, <laughs> in the back of the car. But um, you know, it, it you know they all the all the power was out in the town. He took me to it was about five minutes up the street riding, uh, so about a half a day walking. But uh, but you know that was the only other incident I really had uh, bad, other than you know the two run-ins with people, and then that um, the cold was cold, but not brutal you know because i mm. left in february so by the time i got to the mountains we were coming into march starting to warm up a little bit mm. um but then it started getting hot in texas man like uh-huh. <laughs> i was like how do y'all live down here it's like <laughs> you know april you know or march or yeah march and april i was like how do y'all live down here man <laughs> but i can't imagine what august was. and that was one of the reasons i left when i did because i didn't want to be walking through texas in july and August. yeah yeah you know? Uh, I'd rather be a little bit cold and so hot you can't get away from it. Yeah, and you, um, yeah. But you know, I continued walking through Texas, and then um, I just had this idea that I was—I started looking up, researching, you know, where Joe Rogan might be. Um, and it said, you know, when I got—I started—I came into Austin, just on the outskirts of Austin, and uh, it said he, him, and friends were going to be at his comedy club Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I was like, what? Well, freaking Monday? Like, how Aww. perfect is that? So, uh, you know, my goal was to meet Joe, you know, um, and I walked to the comedy club. I got there about six o'clock in the afternoon and I was like, well, he's not going to come in the front door for sure. Cause it's like a main drag of like yeah, yeah. bars and everything. I gotta say, man, there's a lot of people down there that, uh, 
I seen a lot of people like laid out in the middle of the street, laid out on sidewalks, just moaning and groaning. And mm. uh, I was like, this probably ain't the best place for me to be at night, <laughs> you know. But I really wasn't that, but never was approached by anyone. Uh, oddly, like like out of the way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, had one homeless guy said, "Man, moving here was the greatest thing I ever did." He's like, "I'm still homeless, but I've been here for three years, and it's awesome." I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah, I think some yeah. people just like it. Uh, they just you know, become accustomed to it, maybe that's um that's something i learned too um and you know i had a lot of people that uh, i say a lot i had i had quite a few that would donate money and stuff and you know if it didn't go for uh me grabbing food or something like that um i, I met a, a, quite a few people that were traveling um you know that look you know i'd talk to them they'd be down on their luck and i just kind of passed the blessing on you know because sure. i had um i had some money saved up when i left you know so um it, it, you know just kind of help people you know like i'm being helped and uh but you know um i sat around back at this comedy club and i seen this beautiful gmc truck pull up i was like i wonder if that's joe and i mean you could have blinked and missed him he hopped out of that thing was in the back door of the club and then the truck started backing up and i was like oh i'm gonna miss my opportunity to talk to who it is driving because i've seen joe i recognize his, his hoodie and his bald head just gone i was yeah, like yeah. dang quick you know but uh so uh, I didn't get to talk to the driver until after the comedy club closed. So I sat around back of that thing until two in the morning, just sitting on this brick wall, just waiting. And uh, the, the manager came out. And he said, man, he's, he's not going to meet with you. And I was like, I don't need to meet with him. I just I just need to pass along a business card or a number or something. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy that was driving was his only security guard. And he came out and I said, Hey man, I said, can I talk to you for just a second? He said, Joe ain't gonna meet. I said, I don't need him to meet with me. I said, take my beanie, take my hoodie. And here's, this is what I'm doing. I just completed a 1400 mile rook from Sanford, North Carolina to Austin, Texas. I said, just let him know about me. That's all I'm going to ask. And my numbers on the hoodie, all bald men love beanies. Take a beanie. It has my logo on it. You know, <laughs> give that. A, and he's like, man, He's, and you could tell he was prior military. You could tell. He was like, brother, he's like, I appreciate everything you're doing. He's like, that's awesome. He's like, I respect you. He's like, I'm going to make sure he gets this. And I will be honest with you. I just kind of sat there for a few minutes like, this is it. Like, like it's over. You know? <laughs> I, you know? I did it. Like, Completion. And then I was like, well, I'm not staying in town. I, like sleeping out here. So yeah, yeah. I walked back 15 miles um, to the hotel I was staying at. And for about a day or two, I just kind of sat there. I started to get kind of frustrated because I was like, I don't know what to do now, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and then it was just like, well, you know, um, let's just rent a car and go home, you know? So, uh, I rented a car and I went home. I said, well, you know, I did what I said I was going to do and what I set out to do. I said, it's pretty much all in God's hands now. And, and mm-hmm. it really kind of hit me, you know, this, you know, there, you know, they talk about seasons, you know, there's a season to just wait, you know? And, uh, and that's what I'm doing. I'm still, still in that season, not, not actively not doing anything, but, um, you know, I'm just kind of waiting, you know, seeing where all of that leads, you know, and if it yeah. doesn't lead, um, anywhere, then it's nothing personal against me. It's just not where God wants me to be, you know? Well, I wouldn't even say that, man. I mean, I think you need to, like, if you zoom that, if you zoom that picture out a little bit, you know, just, just in my eyes, if, if one person came in contact with you and you helped one person, 
then that 1400 mile walk was worth it damn you know I, you know me i'm a big rogan fan too and that would be awesome and you you're not going to help rogan well and that's you know that's you're going to help all these people on your journey on the way you know the journey is is the key yeah. right so well and that's and that's where like i said you know it's like you're in that waiting season to see what comes from that because i started to realize that everything i was supposed to do on that journey i did mm -hmm. i was where i was supposed to be when i was supposed to be there mm -hmm. and that's what i'm saying like the end of it it was just kind of like uh, now what do i do you know like mm -hmm. and, and part of me thought keep walking and then I was like, and in my back and my legs are like, no, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, and then I thought, I said, well, you know, I do need to get home, you know, finances are running low, you know, I need to come home and, and start doing some things, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's it, it, the people, so many people reached out to me about how much what I was doing was helping them. Mm. Um, so huge shout out to, to, to all the followers on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, um, but I had a, a, a news interview in Arkansas and, um, the lady said, what's the best part? She's like, I'm going to ask you what the best and the worst part about this trip. She called it a trip or this, you know, this, this walk for you is. And I said, I can answer that with one answer. And she's like, the same thing as the bet. And I was like, yes, she's like, what's that? And I said, the messages I get because, and, and I started to think about this. I get, I got a message and I sent it to her. I, I obviously cropped out the name and the number on it and I sent it to her and it said, Jason, I can't tell you how awesome it was for me to meet you. You know, my whole family, my whole life have all been addicts, have all gone mm. down the wrong paths. And I had this one cousin who was a little bit older than me that took me in, raised me, lived right, joined the army, you know, got out after uh, several tours. And, and then at the end of it, she said, you know, uh, uh, two years ago, he, he took his own life. And I, and, and then she said, and I was, you know, here I am walking down the road with a backpack, looking like my girlfriend just kicked me out bawling, you know, like trying to get through this message and think of what to say. And I'm in the middle of like typing and deleting, like, how do you, yeah. what do you say to that? And then the next text message comes through and says, his name was Jason. And I mean, I just lost it, you know, like, man, like, yeah. you, you know, like, and, 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 and that's why I told her, I said, that's the best and the worst part. The worst part is knowing that there's a need for this. Yeah. The the best part is knowing that you're helping people mm. and, and they, and, the, but I can answer it in the messages, yeah. the, the, the talks, the, you know, like I said, to know that there's a need for that or to know that that somebody is struggling, hurting, and you're helping them, it sucks and it's great because you know you're helping, but they need they needed it. They're you hurting know? bad in order to need yeah. that, yeah. And, and and that's where I think the true um genuine nature started to kick in for me. Was okay, everyone you meet, most people you meet, you be very genuine. If you spend any time with them, be genuine. Yeah, I think you know that's I mean? a I think that's a great message, and that's we need that man. Everybody's walking around just so fucking pissed off all the time, and mad about politics, and mad about the world, mad that they're f f inflation, mad they ain't got no fucking money. Everybody's mad and walking around, yeah. and you know I think we forget sometimes we get so caught up in our own bullshit, and our own yeah. wants, and our own needs, and our own you know things that we got going on and we forget that like every single person is going through this 
everybody has got something going on. And so when you go out, you can, you can do two things. You can be the light or you can be darkness. You can be mad and take all your fucking shit out on everybody that you meet. And that's a net negative to everybody that you meet. Or you can try to see the good in life and bring the good out and, and bring the, the messages and the values and the, and the lessons that you've learned and try to help one person. If we all just went around and try to help one person, everything, every day, things would be better. Genuinely. And and you're a hundred percent right. And, and Ryan, like, I don't have a grip on it. Like I'll be at work and I'll be getting frustrated because I don't feel like I'm making enough progress or yeah, I'm yeah. being rushed or, you know, but, but you know, the moment that I leave there and I get home, I talk about it and then I just, it's done, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then from then forth, you know, um, it's, you know, um, it, it, it kind of bring it full circle, you know, you know, my brothers, um, they're both very mechanically inclined. They're both, construction workers they own their own businesses it was it was in my blood mm. you know other than mechanics like i learned how to build guns they learned how to build cars you know and, and i'm okay <laughs> with that because i feel like we need both <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you know it's so crazy because now where i'm living the man that kind of took them in because they're you know our you know my oldest brother has a different dad than i do my middle brother has the same dad but he kind of had the same uh uh presence in his life as he did my life you know my, my my brother that has the same dad actually went and lived with my granddad um you know so um not that he was absent he just wasn't as present as we probably would have liked Check, yeah. um but the, they met a, a, a gentleman that was a little bit older than them that just kind of took them under their wing when they were in their mid to late teens you know they're out here 15 16 years old framing houses building decks you know they mm-hmm. working on cars building board trucks you know making them run building go-karts this guy i've been introduced and i and i met him when i was young when i was two before i moved to the beach because he lived in the same uh fox ridge farms name of the same little area but anyway he living so close to me now has decided to help me take on this truck project and show mm-hmm. me how to do things oh, yeah. and it's like and and it's like man like how crazy did everything just come around because you know i post on his facebook all the time you know he'll show pictures of like a fence he done or a deck and i'm like it's so crazy i've never worked with you mm. but everything i do is built the same way you do and it's because he taught the people that taught me right and, and and it's like man that is awesome to look at that and then to think now i get a chance to work with him directly you know and and he meant a lot to my brothers you know and he's a great friend to them and i'm hoping that he'll you know he and i'll become close and great he's just a great father figure great you know um mentor, male figure yeah 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 mentor man um you know, um, you know, my real dad passed away in 2009. Like I said, my stepdad passed away um, the year I joined the service in 98. Um, you know, uh, my uh, my oldest brother, his dad kind of, we got along really great. He passed away in 14. So, mm-hmm. you know, all of, you know, anybody we've ever looked up to in that aspect is pretty much gone except for her husband now. And, and um, and you know, he came into our lives after we were kind of older. Established so, you know, we a little never bit, really, yeah yeah you know we didn't get a chance to be raised by him you know um great guy love him to death glad he treats my mom good you know um but you know just not the same you know what i mean type of you know relationship there um but uh but it's just crazy how like you said you know thing like i said i'm always where i'm supposed to be when i'm supposed to be there and i'm finding that out even now you know um 
even you know with this truck project coming up because you know i want to transition renovate into doing things for homeless veterans mm -hmm. and i've been looking into like the transit vans and building them out to where people can like live in them you know for the most part um sure and sure. and those I've, things I've those things are gucci them. man i've seen some that are balled out all the way and like well and you could live you nicely know, in it well you know i kind of want to do the pimp my ride with the, a little <laughs> bit of the home thing you know like yeah, there you go. like you know i i can build a house i can build a house inside a van like <laughs> i can do this you know um next so, mission um, go <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've been talking to dealerships and telling them if they get a trade in that they don't think that's worth, you know, yeah, yeah. and they can still write it off because they can donate it to the nonprofit. And I've got a couple of people like, man, you just let us know when you're ready. Yeah. And I was like, well, I kind of want to work on something before yeah. vehicle wise, because like I said, I'm not mechanically inclined. The only thing I could probably do is mount a turret and a 50 cal to that bitch, <laughs> which, which would be cool. Let's be honest. But, it would be cool. But, but I don't. I don't think it's probably the best thing to do. <laughs> no, I think we but, let that. We let that one lay for now. Yeah, just for a little bit though. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll talk about that off air later. Offline. <laughs> but uh, but you know, I thought you know I've got this uh, truck that I bought a few years back, and um, I'd really like to do some work to it. I got it up here from Wilmington um, this past weekend and went and bought doors, hood, fenders, tailgate. Uh, you know, just a bunch of interior stuff for it. And, and the next two weeks uh, after this week, I'm going to be working on this thing. I went and bought primer and body filler and, and paint, uh, hardener, all, uh, you know, spray gun to paint. Like I'm going to learn how to paint. Oh, um, yeah. and I'm just going to work on this thing for about two weeks, kind of get my head wrapped around the, the aspect of them in case they get something in that needs some body work or a little bit of mechanical work. And then, um, I'm going to take my knowledge of construction put it inside of that and i'm gonna try to make something that you know maybe some disabled veterans that are homeless maybe they don't quite make enough money to pay bills you know maybe they're at that seven eight hundred dollar a month range Just, you know not enough to live on their own but you know enough to um where if i could donate something like that maybe they could enjoy their freedom a little bit you know mm. and travel and, and check the country out and because that's the one thing i learned through this walk <laughs> was being in nature will do something to you, man. Yep. It'll do something for you. Um, especially when you're by yourself and you really have that peace and quiet and that time um to self-reflect. Um, and who knows, man, maybe I'll donate something and and they'll go and they'll figure something out that'll change the freaking world, man. Mm, I don't that's know. right. That's but right. And, and then they'll donate it. I don't know, but I know that this coming year, um, I plan <laughs> on putting, you know, because I'm I'm actually um I'm actually uh, going to stop doing my profitable business and go to work for a nonprofit company that does renovations and repairs in Raleigh. Um, and I'm going to do the vehicle thing, you know, funded myself or with any money that comes in. Um, and, and I'm going to build a vehicle next year and I'm going to donate it at least one next year. And, um, and, and I hope it changes somebody's life, man. Um, yeah, and like it's awesome. I hope it gets, gives them the opportunity to kind of get out and, and go see a little bit of nature. And because like I said, it, it does bring a lot of mental and spiritual, um, just, uh, man, just it's serene, man. Yeah. I can't explain it. You know, Wellness. Um, even though, yeah, yeah. It, it helps rebuild something inside of you, man. Um, and, and I know what it helped me do. Uh, you know, like I said, I didn't plan on making it past the mountains, but I stuck it out and, and, and I'm, 
glad I did. Oh um, man. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and I think, I think that everybody might get in a funk like that every now and again, you know? Um, and I can only imagine that someone who doesn't have anywhere to live, doesn't quite make enough money to live is probably in that funk a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, um, I think that's where I know that's where I'm going to transition everything into is, is, is doing uh van life style, um, uh, vehicles for, for homeless veterans. No, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. And, you know, like we said, everybody's got shit going on, everybody. And if you don't right now, you're going to buckle yeah. your seatbelt. You're going to have things going on. And I that's think, right. you know, like the biggest message, and you know my show, but the biggest thing I preach is like, uh, like first of all, we don't all get out of Nobody gets out of this alive. But second of all, it always becomes easier when we have each other. You know, yeah. uh, our show that's adopted uh, some mule fortior, and I don't say it right because I can't roll my – uh, my R's, but in Latin, that translates to stronger together. Uh, none yep. of us were meant to do this alone. And although nope. you went on this walk alone, you were not alone during that walk. There was, there you were, know? No, sir. Not at um, all. And there so, were, and, and yeah. it does, it brings back the, you know, it brings back uh, faith in humanity almost when you do trips like that. I've been on yep. a couple trips, uh, hunting trips before, before I got out of the Marine Corps and um uh, and some after and you go to like these small town usa places and they find out that you know what you're there for and who you are and you know um you really get to see what patriotism still looks like and yep. and and i'm just so happy that you know I, I i kept in touch with you along the way of the walk and and yep. you you just kept telling me this fire station this church you know the the, the boot the boot company who we will be uh we, we will be uh in contact with them as well. And, um, and, and cause that's just awesome. It's, it's, it's small town people and big town people alike showing that, Hey, we still respect each other as Americans. Yep. And we, we respect what you're, what you're, you know, what you're doing and what your message is. And, and, you know, for all of our community that hits right here, it's like, yeah, that's exactly how we should treat each other. Um, well, you know, and it, it'll also too, like, and, 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 you know, there were some things that I wouldn't share on social media. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons is I think I started to realize, you know, maybe some of this stuff was meant for just me. For you. I was here for a certain, you know. And then to kind of go back to, to what you were saying with community, you know, like I said, you know, I, I deal hard from buzz. I quit high school. You know, I quit the baseball team in 11th grade because I didn't like the coach. You know, I had a lot of issues and i think it kind of restored a little bit of faith in myself man if i can walk 1400 fucking miles do anything i can do anything mm-hmm. you know and, and and it's like you know and, and 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 maybe it gets you thinking maybe i'm not a quitter you know maybe mm-hmm. maybe maybe it's just been my mentality the whole time you know oh, mm-hmm. i don't want to do that because it sucks or i don't want to be here because i don't like what these people are saying mm-hmm. ah you know who cares you know <laughs> you know yeah. it, it got to the point where you know i didn't care what kind of church i was at if i knew that i wasn't going to be somewhere near a church i could look on my gps if i knew there wasn't a church within walking distance of the next morning i would spend the night at that church parking lot just to make sure i was there on sunday you know mm. um and 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 you know it's uh like i said it, it does and but then you realize that it's not that I walked 1400 miles by myself. Like you said, I walked 1400 miles and had a lot of help along the way, a lot of people encouraging mm. me along the way. And, and maybe that's the other aspect of my life that I was missing is, is people that were encouraging me, you know? And, and like I said, you become the people you surround yourself that's right. with, you know, that's and, right. and, 
So you're right. It's, it's a hundred percent just community, man. Um, you know, and, and like when I first met you and you started talking about that rifle, like I knew in my mind, I was like, you like, I want to build a long range rifle to donate. I said, don't, don't, don't spend your money. I've got one that's perfect for you, man. I didn't get it, man, at the time, but it makes sense now. But, but, you know, it was something that, that, you know, by God's grace, I had obtained because I was doing very well. And it's like, you know what? I don't need this, you know, but, but you could use it and it could go to a great cause. Mm. Hey man, take this, man. I, I've, you know, I didn't build it, but you know, I did some work to it and, and I was like, and I was proud of that thing. You know, I shot, a, I shot a seven pointer, you know, <laughs> that they, you know, at 40 feet, by the way, which a 308 explodes a deer. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that's uh that's boom power right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we could never could find the entry wound. But it didn't. came right out of its ass. <laughs> and my buddy was like, what, did you scare him to death? <laughs> I, was like, I don't know, man, maybe. Because, like, when I put this, because, you know, I was sighted in at 350 yards with my scope, you know, with the optic. Because yeah. he had a little corn pile at about 300, 350 yards out. And when that deer popped up, I was like, oh, shit. I threw the gun up. And all I seen was blink, blink. And I was like, well, boom. Wow. <laughs> so, yep. And he just right over, man. And, uh, oh, yeah. But anyway, so, uh great gun <laughs> oh it is man it is and it went to it, actually the guy who won it is a uh sergeant major um nice. about to retire but he's a scout sniper uh, oh, so shit. so it was like yeah it was yeah. like well that 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 makes sense you know hey man you know uh do you ever follow tony cow cowden cowden yeah mm-hmm. yeah i, I love I, that guy a I little bit him. you know i haven't I, I like i like his content and i've even learned things about shooting fast that i've learned off of him all these years of shooting and i'm like i can do that and then it worked yep. um but yep. i was supposed to interview tony at, at my last house back in richland's and yeah. it was right around the time that him that he was uh, that he was trying to get into politics, and uh-huh. um, him and uh, him and Stu Scheller were down, I, I believe, in New Bern. And I went down okay. and and shook both of them's hands and talked to him. And um, and I'd like to have Tony on in the future. Uh, I think yeah. uh, you know he was busy at the time. He made some time for me, and then I had uh, actually had an issue with my air conditioner going out, and I'm like, I can't have this guy come. <laughs> to to my place to record and like be sitting there at eighty five degrees, yeah. yeah. So so we never hooked up back after that just yet. But I, you yeah. know, I, I'll keep attempting to. He's a good guy. Stands for yeah. stands for something, and and I That's dig right. that about him. So. That's right. Well, you know, and I haven't met him. I just, you know, I met him through social media, mm-hmm. and um, seems like a great dude. I seen he just did like a, the Sean Ryan show. Yeah, um, not too long ago. So that was pretty awesome, man. Right um, on. Yeah. You know, and I and I'm and I've been checking out as much. Like I'll drive to work in the morning, and I'll throw one of your podcasts on, and I'll listen to it on the way in. You know, and uh, you know, I oh, try yeah. to stay. I'm a horrible social media friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I try. It's just like, man, it's like, I, you know, I have to try to balance everything with work and, you know, sure, stuff dude. like that. So, and like I said, now it's, I'm just going to go back to doing a nine to five to kind of relax my mind a little bit from running something, um, go to work, make a decent salary and just, you know, do it, find some like 50, 20, 20, 10 rule that I can put certain money aside for the nonprofit deal and, and just, um, you just kind of, relax for a little bit man um are you you still accepting are you still accepting donations for for the nonprofit? though absolutely Um, all right cool you know i think the the website renovet.org there's a cash app and a uh uh gofundme on that as well um and if anyone you know my email uh, is on there as well the renovet 
mp at uh, gmail.com if anyone wanted to contact they wanted to send a check or whatever um 100 still am haven't been really uh advertising for that you know my my, my and and i never really advertised it through my walk either mm-hmm. and i think one of the reasons i did that you know i always tell people you know if you feel it in your heart to you know here's our website but um as i wanted to, to i wanted people to see that i was going to do what i was said i was going to do yeah you know i think that says a lot is you know um and that's why i say i think the beginning of the year will be something new for me where i have more time for social media and things like that starting to work and only sure. have eight hours to work and then have other hours dedicated to you know social media promoting and and marketing and and reaching out to people and and uh, maybe doing so you know I, I turned down I was supposed to be down in Myrtle Beach on the 20, 20th and 21st and I had to call and let those guys man like I've got so much stuff going on I just I've been a horrible promoting for it you know I think I, I might have texted you about it and let you know they got like vendor areas that you can set up down there and and they're um, selling tickets for the event. And I, I hated to back out, but, you know, I was just like, I just don't know that I'm going to have time and, and things, you know. Um, and it really sucked because uh, um, Vets for Life are the ones that are putting it on. And Sean Lowry, and he is an amazing guy. Um, he's right down in Florence, South Carolina. Okay. Um, I went down and met with him, did a podcast with him. Um, and, and just a great, great, his whole crew, they're a nonprofit is amazing. And what are they putting um, on guys, just so we can, just so we can, it's, it's a, it's, um, an event that they're hosting for veterans. Um, and he has like a bunch of veteran guest speakers there, or I say a bunch, but I, I think there's like four or five that are coming to kind of guest speak that are pretty, um, a lot of followers on, on social media for all of these guys, you know, uh-huh. um, and their goal is to eventually kind of, I think, and I don't want to get this wrong, but I think they're kind of trying to like build like kind of a, kind of a safe haven. People can go spend the day camp, hike, stuff like that down there. Um, so, um, you know, it, it, and, uh, like I said, I think it's, he, he is sir veteran guy on TikTok. Um, sir veteran but, guy, sir veteran guy, I okay. believe is, or sir shout vet. out. I think so. Yeah. Um, but his name is Sean Lowry. So I do know. <laughs> so, but, um, and, and like I said, I just, I couldn't commit to a whole lot with everything kind of going the way it is now. So, um, I really was looking forward to doing it, but you know, at the same time, I'd rather somebody have a spot that can dedicate the time to it. Yeah, you know, yeah, and he I and spoke you. about that like a week or two ago. And I told him, I said, man, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. I haven't, you know, I, they, they have like, messages group messages and i haven't been responding i'm just like man i gotta get this paint done i gotta get this drywall hung. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah so but um but you know i plan on that at the beginning of the year to kind of like i said find that good work life home life slash you know uh non-profit life kind of yeah. balance going back in the check and and just kind of getting back to a normal a little bit of normalcy for me you know because i've been balls to the wall ever since i've been back man. Yeah. i haven't stopped so yeah man so. well good dude because uh next year uh if you got a little bit more time i'm gonna be putting on uh the first choices not chances uh two gun competition up here oh, we're, we're gonna do okay. a shoot for a fundraiser and we're we're gonna have uh we're gonna give to charity uh, so probably the semper fi fund is gonna be my first fund that i i give to uh nice. from from the company's uh from yeah. the company's coffers and uh we're gonna do like i said a two-gun competition i'm hoping to have you know uh, 50 to 100 shooters out there i'm oh, gonna yeah. be how catering much the how much is the fee for the shooters to enter 
Uh, it's it's not going to be more than forty, but probably okay. between twenty and forty. Um, okay, perfect. Unless something and something unless something drastically changes, but I'm gonna have yeah. a lot of my guys out there. I'm gonna have a lot of the uh, guests of the show, the John Wayne's, yeah. the Alex Tryons, yourself, if we can get yep. you out there, and a couple other guys. Absolutely. And, and really just make it like a hangout day, too. I want guys to come and shoot. We're going to have a yep. $1,500 or $2,000 top prize. So you're $40 oh, yeah. on two grand if you can shoot, or at least, it's at least worth coming out and making an effort. Now, can um, we donate that winning back to? You can do whatever day? you want once you donate or once you win. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm nothing a, to a, nobody. You know, I'm going I'm to do my best, man. I'm going to try to make I'm going to try to put Hey, I know back. you can shoot. That makes me feel good. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll, we don't talk about that too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, it's all good, man. It's going to be a great day of uh, camaraderie, yeah. and, and um, I, I'm going to have a couple of hogs cooked out there. I'm going to have a DJ out there. Daniel Hell Defense yeah. uh, talked about donating a rifle from them and having some swag bags out there. So we're going to do yeah. it up, and this is the first I've talked about it. So uh, all of you listeners and followers, it's going to be held in Rich, Richlands, North Carolina. So uh, we'll let you I'll guys. i for that, man. Is it going to be uh, AR and pistol or shotgun and pistol? AR and pistol. Right and ahead. and we'll have ep- extra weapons there. I uh, I you know, there's going to be plenty of weapons there. So if somebody only has one or the other, bring yourself out. Still get into it. I'll, um, I'll bring a couple backups just in case somebody needs to use one too. Yes, that's what I'm talking <laughs> I about. Might, I might I might malfunction them a little bit so I can get a better time. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn them back a bit. Add a little yeah, pressure to that trigger pull. Yeah, yeah. Why is it shooting blades? Uh, yeah. You know, Jason's gun. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so yeah. Look forward to it. I look forward to seeing what you got going in store. What you're going to be doing in 2024. I know it's going to be great. I'll be following along and um, and and assist him when able. But yeah, dude, this has been this has been a great conversation, and it's covered exactly what I wanted people to know about you. To see that the, the side of of your walk that that maybe they didn't know about from 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 what I was sharing, but a spiritual journey, I would call it, and. Uh, yeah. And just like you said, I think we talked about it before you even left. This this started out as a PTSD walk and to raise awareness. But, you know, we talked about it in the garage before you stepped off. Like, this is going to be a lot for you, too, because this is not an easy undertaking. This is going to, you know, this is going to test you. I'll never forget what you wrote on the, on the, on the page in your book to where, you know, something about where it said um, finding a greater cause than self. Mm. And... I can't tell you how much that meant to me because the moment that I read it, even that day, I was like, you know, like this, this is awesome because this is the direction I want to be heading. I want to be, I want to be doing everything I can for anybody I can, man. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the goal in it all. And, and when you do it, it selflessly, it hits differently yeah. when you don't it, it, expect you know, anything in return, you know, that that's right. You know, and that's, and that's, that's been the biggest reward is not accepting anything in return. It's just being able, you know, all these people, you know, if there's anyone that watches this that I hadn't mentioned that I met along the way, first and foremost, there was way too many to, we'd be sitting here listing names all day of how many great people I've met. So if yeah. anyone does watch this and, and they did encounter me along the way, it was absolutely a pleasure and an honor to meet every one of them, man. Mm. Um, you know, um, so and just having you know your support and having you on me having or you having me on this podcast means a lot man i can't tell you how much it, it does mean to me and just the friendship that we gain man like yeah, man. I, at five eleven, dude like that was like <laughs> huge for me i was like oh man I'm, I'm meeting you know 
a superstar. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. You're being hey, generous man. there, man. But it was awesome right. to see you. That's the first time I seen you after the walk. Yeah, man. I, 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 man, I was in the gym. I bulked up. I looked at myself in the video that we did. I said, "Dang, oh man!" I started getting kind of bulky there. I'm looking <laughs> at myself like I need to get the hell back to the gym. Yeah, <laughs> boy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, you know, I'm 41, so I'm, it's okay for me to get boobs at this point, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But, uh, All right, man. Yeah. Well, listen, I, everybody. I hope you took something from this, Jason Rhodes. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on, man. It's, it's the friendship. I appreciate the friendship. Yes, I appreciate you keeping in touch with with the show and with myself. And uh, and let's do it up, man. We'll do it again for sure. Uh, twenty twenty four. We'll see what's got in store. Yes, and uh, and and like I said, everybody on the show, we're gonna put the uh, the link to to Jason's nonprofit and his website up there. And if you feel it in your heart to ha- help pass along, uh, you know, donate, uh, kind words, whatever you got, please do that. Um. You, he's, he's doing great things. Uh, he's doing great things. So, uh, Matt, you, Matt, you got anything? Nope. nope. Matt's good. Jason, you got anything? No, I'm good, brother. Just, uh, Matt, I appreciate your time, man. And thank you. And as, uh, I didn't get to see you and talk to you that much, but you know, I hope you take care of yourself, man. I hope everything's good. And if you ever need anything, Ryan's got my number. Appreciate it, brother. Yes, sir. All right, guys, for choices, not chances. We'll see you next time. Later, brother. Thanks. Well, that concludes this episode. Thanks for listening to Choices Not Chances podcast. Please share, like, and subscribe wherever you listen or watch our podcast. You can also follow us on social media at Choices Not Chances podcast. Thanks and have a great day. Louisiana Gun Shop, your firearm headquarters, specializing in concealed carry guns, ammo, and training. You can get your Louisiana permit with us. Also, a large selection of AR-15s, or if you are that build-it-yourself type of guy or gal, we have all the parts to build and customize your own AR-15. Glock, Sig, Taurus, Ruger, we have all the brands, both in the store or at louisianagunshop.com. Not too far. You're marking a building. Hit him. Yeah, that's good. That's a good shot. That's a funny, funny shot. Yeah. Funny.